Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, Chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today we have a program that is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, Maybe you've heard me uh, share on previous programs that I had the opportunity, uh, the challenge, and the blessing of uh, taking care of of my mother, along with my siblings, in her final stages of life, and uh, the the uh, blessing that that was, but also um, so much I learned, so much I experienced, um, and we have a story today of um, our guest, uh, who is Vicki Daniels. Uh, Vicki, welcome to our program. Let me tell a little bit about you, but first let me welcome you. So glad you could be with Thank us you. today. Thank you, Peggy. Vicki actually is uh, a member of St. Leo the Great Parish in Bonita Springs, Florida. But she also has some some connections to our diocese, which uh, have led me to actually she's the grandmother of a friend of mine. So it's it's wonderful to have you on the program. And I learned from my friend about the story of of how you cared for your mother in her final stages of life. And for my friend, it was a true inspiration. You're one of her heroes <laughs> for how you lived out that challenge. So um, so we're having you on the program today, Vicki, just to share the the challenges, the joy, the um, um, the spiritual journey that you had in in taking care of your mother. So tell us, Vicki, I know your mother uh, is a kind of an unusual situation, at least in 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 uh, the people I know that your mother was a person who had always uh, lived either with or very close to one of her children. Um, and so that was kind of a normal situation for her. But um, when your husband passed away 17 years ago, she came to live with you, and that that's where the story begins <laughs> of your that's care right. for your mother. So tell us about uh, that. Well, my mom uh, came to my husband's funeral and said, uh, I can stay as long as you need me. So I said, well, I'll always need you, so you may as well just stay. Stay and now. Did. <laughs> for 15 years, and for- it was wonderful. And um, and I can't tell you the number of times that she repeated that story because she just loved that story that I told her that I would always need her, so she may as well stay with me. And um, she was 85 when she came and um, and was determined to earn her keep. She cooked all the meals and did all the grocery shopping. Uh, she was an amazing woman, even at 85, and still an amazing woman when she passed away at 101. But uh, my friends used to say, it's so nice of you to take care of your mother. And my, re- my response would be, no, my mother takes care of me. And actually, she did for a long time. Um, for a long a time. Mm-hmm. People thought I was, I was foolish, you know, to, to have my mother living with me now, you know, being a single, a widow, um, that I should be spending a lot of time doing what I wanted to do. Well, uh, my mother and I always got along, but when she came to live with me for this amount of time, 
it was wonderful because she was like my friend also, uh, besides being my mother. So um, uh, we went to concerts together and church on Saturday night, dinner afterwards. Our family is, is very close, so everybody came to visit Graham, as they called her. And she just cooked for everybody and, and just loved waiting on everybody and uh, basked in the wonderful family that she had. And she, so, was a, um, she was an Italian, is that correct? She, yes, she was Italian and made all those wonderful uh, Italian dishes and her uh, grandchildren and great-grandchildren uh, and great-grandchildren all enjoyed coming here to visit. So we had a wonderful, um, I, she lives with me for 15 years, and I would say that the first maybe seven and a half, uh, when her health was good, she, we just had a great time together. So that was, yes, and, and I bet our listeners can start imagining that that didn't last so perfectly, the, 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 the almost uh, idyllic relationship that you had. And I, I can just imagine how, and as a, as a person who had just lost your husband, um, this, this helped you through the grieving process, of course, and the mourning, and, and you weren't alone. You had one of your best friends uh, living with you uh, and taking care of you. It must, have been, it must have been a wonderful time period for you. It, it was. It was absolutely wonderful. And um, things started to change when she began to have uh, some health issues, and she was no longer able to do everything that she wanted to do, which we can understand. Um, she was used to being a giver and not taking anything, you know, and not have anyone take care of her. So this was a, a really bad adjustment that she had to make mm-hmm. or a really hard adjustment that she had to make. I'm, and, I'm thinking um, that, that with myself uh and I've always been such an independent person. I'm the oldest in my family. I um, have taken care of my siblings to a certain extent in, in some ways through the years. And uh, I took care of my mother in the final stages of her life with my siblings. But I can imagine that that I might feel the same way. <laughs> you know, I and don't I want can, to. Yes, yeah, I can imagine I would I would feel the same way. Um, so it, that was all understandable uh, to me. Uh, the problem I had was understanding that I thought that my mother should be more grateful for the health that she did have. She was always uh, much healthier uh, and much more uh, able to do things than most people her age. Um, so I didn't understand uh, why she wasn't more grateful rather than resentful of the things that she couldn't do anymore. And I tried to to put this across to her. And in hindsight, I'm afraid that I probably shouldn't have pushed so hard. I should have just let her feel the way she felt because she couldn't help it, you know. Um, And instead, I tried to point out the things that she should be grateful for. And um, and a lot of times, uh, (laughs) our conversations ended up, that we were annoyed with one another, which we very rarely were annoyed with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's, you know, that's very relatable that's, to yeah, me, Vicki. Yeah. yeah, with my mother too. Um, she had a wonderful, wonderful marriage to my father for twenty-five years. Unfortunately, he died very young, and uh, but the older she got, the more she 
constantly looked back on those years and um, acted as if she, it was almost like that was such a perfect part of her life that everything after that, in a sense, in her mind was downhill. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. I, I understood that because I did think they had probably the most beautiful marriage I've ever seen, I've ever witnessed. Um, but yet... God had given her so many wonderful years after that as as a grandmother. Um, she actually, in those in those years after my dad died, um, became a nursing instructor. She got a master's degree. She uh, had students that just loved her. She had made such a big impact on those students and and on all of us and and our children. And yet, she she just seemed to focus on. The past and and was sad so so much that that part of her life was was over. Uh, so I did the same thing you did, Vicky. I tried to convince her that uh, she was having she had had a marvelous life and still could and and did have so many things to be grateful for and thankful for. But uh, trying to convince a person of that, you're right. When their feelings right. are otherwise. It right. just created more right. frustration for me and for you, too. Right, right. And uh, at one point, my mom decided that she wasn't going anywhere anymore. And um, uh, and I kind of chalked it up to pride because she didn't like people to see that she was old, you know. And uh, in fact, my brother used to say, she just doesn't know how to be old. You know, she's, she, she doesn't know how to be old. <laughs> So this is the problem. Mm-hmm. And she stopped going out. Uh, we used to go to uh, Mass on Saturday night and then go out to dinner. Uh, she stopped going to Mass, said she just wasn't up to it. Well, she definitely was up to it because she was a, a lot healthier than a lot of the people that I see at church. So, uh, But she stopped going out. So the only time she ever went out was to go to the doctor, if I took her to the doctor. And um, I begged her to go out, you know, and... and uh, my daughters asked her to go uh, out for dinner. She, anyway, she never went out uh, after she decided she was very strong-willed, and after she decided this was it and she was not going out, um, we never went out socially again. And she, of course, at her age, was still uh, playing games on the computer. So she would sit at the computer during the day and play play computer and then play on the computer. And then we would uh, often play Rummy Cube or some game after dinner. Um, but she didn't go out after that. She was kind of confined to the house. So, um, and so this really, because you were trying to convince her that she should be more active, that and, and of course you were losing your, your social friend as well, the person that you went out with. So this was yeah. very difficult for you. Um, and, and yet nothing you could do could convince her otherwise. She was just withdrawing more and more into herself. She did. Right. Yeah, she did. And, and uh, at one point, my um, sister and brother, who uh, are very supportive with, with uh, I mean, we have a wonderful relationship, always did. Um, they decided that I was spending too much time in the house because, of course, at one point, I decided she should not be in the house alone. So I was in the house all the time also. So they decided that they would pay for um, some uh, health care uh, people to come in and be here uh, maybe four hours, uh, three times a week, which they did, and, and I took that opportunity to go out. Um, but she was 
uh, definitely against that idea because she called them her babysitters. She doesn't need a babysitter. So, um, so we had a, a hard time about that. And, uh, but my sister and brother would say to her, well, mom, this isn't because you need a babysitter, but we need Vicki to get out and get some time on her own. So, so she acquiesced, but she was not a happy camper about having somebody come in to a stranger, as she called them come in to stay with her. Mm-hmm. So that was a little contentious also. Yes, um, I, I faced that. But it did that. give me a chance to get out, you know, but she resented that also. Um, well, let me reintroduce you, Vicki. Vicki is, Vicki Daniels is our guest today. She is the actual, actually, grandmother of a, of a young friend of mine who, uh, had, has such a, a, an amazing story of the care of her mother and the challenges that we face in caring for a family member because we love them. We, we, we want to, to respect their dignity as a person and yet, Often the care involves some tremendous frustrations that can be a, a challenge for us. And we need the help and support, of course. And, and yet those experiences also, as Vicki's story has, has shown us up to this point, um, help us understand how we may be facing these issues of aging and need for care in our own older years. Uh, so it's a, it's an amazing experience. But Vicki actually is, um, from, let me see again, the St. Leo the Great Parish in Bonita Springs, Florida, uh, and cared for her mother from the time her mother was 85 until she, well, not, not totally until she passed away. Vicki, tell us what happened now. Um, after your, your mother, really had been living with you for a number of years. You and she were best friends. She was helping care for you uh, she, after your husband died. She did the cooking. She was, she was your social, social friend. And, and then at some point, she started withdrawing. She didn't want to go out anymore. Uh, she wanted to just stay home. And then you decided she shouldn't be home alone. So that all of a sudden narrowed your world. <laughs> you were sitting alone with her. You needed respite. You needed help. Um, so, so even then getting that kind of respite care that you did when your siblings helped provide someone to come in for your mom, that didn't solve the problem. So how did it happen? She ended up leaving your home. Is that correct? She did. Um, we had her, uh, 100th birthday celebration here in Florida. And, uh, right after that, um, I had a few, um, minor health issues. But my mother was extremely upset about it, that I, was, that I wasn't feeling well, and decided that she was too much of a burden for me. And my brother in California had just retired from his job, so uh, she went and went out to live with my brother. And, and so, and this is a, yeah, go ahead. How did, you, how did you react to that? I mean, obviously, you were very stressed with her care. You were having to stay home most of the time. You and she were kind of frustrated with each other. <laughs> so in a way, that may have seemed like uh, a blessing that she wanted to go out and, and live with your brother in California. But is that the well, way you reacted? It, it was kind of um, it was kind of twofold. I think. I mean, of course, it gave me a lot of freedom because my mom wasn't going to be here. But it was hurtful at the same time because when she told me, I said, "Mom, if you're doing this because you think it's too much for me, please don't go. But if you would rather be in California, all I want is for you to be happy." 
so um, she said, no, no, it's too much for you. No, it's not that I want to leave, but um, I think I've been here long enough. And so, so she did go. Um, my brother came, and they flew, and I couldn't believe she would fly, you know, cross-country. Um, but she did it. She flew cross-country with my brother, and they got out to California. And believe it or not, when she got there, all of a sudden... She was going out to lunch again. <laughs> she was going shopping. She went to basketball games where her great-grandson was playing, and she said she felt alive again, which I was, although I was thrilled that she was back doing things, which I knew she could do, it was very hurtful to think that here she would do nothing, and then she went out to California and, and uh, was, was back to going out and being social again. Um, my brother explains it away by saying he didn't give her a choice. When it was time to go out, he said, Mom, get in the car. When I wanted her to go out, I would ask her if she wanted to go, and then when she said no, that would be it. So that was the way he explained it. But um, Because so, he, he, wanted, he, he wanted to help brother. you. He wanted to help you feel better about yes. about yes. Uh, any regrets that you might have had or any... Um, I guess concerned about well, why would she go out with my brother, but she wouldn't go out with me. So exactly, but exactly. it sounds like you weren't totally sure that the reason she started an, a social life again was because her brother, because your brother insisted. It sounds like you're not positive that was the reason. Well, I just couldn't figure out all of, how all of a sudden she had enough energy to go out and do things out there. She wouldn't even go for a walk around the block here. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mm-hmm. I would ask her to go out to walk. And she, so, so part of it, the, I think it, it sounds like you were still, you were still, um, what do I want to say? Processing how uh, uh, your relationship with her, your personal relationship as her daughter who had taken care of her and, and she had been your best friend for so many absolutely. years as she had lived mm-hmm. with you. Now, why is my best friend? having fun again <laughs> when when she wouldn't listen to me and she wouldn't go out with me. So so I think your story helps us see that when we are caring for a, an, an elderly family member, um, there are a lot of feelings that the caregivers go through. Uh, and 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 some of them can be very hurtful. And and it's a difficult it's a stressful thing. Uh, even even when the person has moved out of your home, dealing with those kinds of feelings, yeah. So absolutely. So how long did she end up living with your brother, Vicky? Well, she was with my brother for a year and a half. Um, she moved out there right after her one hundredth birthday, and um, she uh, was there for a year and a half, uh, and then uh, she passed away uh, actually on the feast of the Assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, in California, uh-huh. um, and it was it was hard for my brother because, of course, at a hundred, she her health kept failing. But for I would say for the first at least oh a year, she went out, which was wonderful. She mm-hmm. went out and she was you know having a good time with my brother, and that was great. Um, and then she ha- did have a heart attack uh, when she was a um, uh, hundred and. Right after her, right after her 101st birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's so, talk uh, about how and you and I both had the prayers that we were 
offering up uh, about our mother's moment of death, the things that we prayed about, that we hoped God would would answer our prayers. Um, tell us about your your prayers uh, for her having a happy death. Well, we all, my daughter and I always talked about, you know, if she could just go to sleep and, and, you know, not wake up, that would be wonderful for her because we knew that she didn't want people taking care of her um, and, and having to uh, do things that she would rather not have done. So uh, we, I always prayed that her death would be peaceful and quick um, at 101. So... Um, but the best part of, uh, of my story is the miracles that happened uh, surrounding my mom's death and the answer to the prayers that I had. Um, my brother uh, does not practice uh, his Catholic faith anymore, and I always worried about my mom getting the last rites, and although he said he would do it, that, that would not be the main thing on his mind if mom needed it. So... Um, uh, the Saturday before she passed away, my brother called and said that... Uh, she had fallen, and at the time she had hospice going in, and they said that they didn't think it would be too much longer. My daughter had already had reservations to go out to see her, so my daughter arrived there on the Tuesday of that week and visited with Mom. She was still, you know, able to talk to her, and um, I just asked my daughter to make sure that the priest got in there and that I would like to talk to my mother one more time if possible. So on the Feast of the Assumption, um, I went to Mass, and pray to the Blessed Mother that um, she would intercede and my mother would be taken on the Feast of the Assumption. Of course, hospice that morning said she was, she would, it would be a couple of weeks before she passed away. Uh, my daughter went to Mass there, got the priest. The priest went uh, and gave my mother the last rites. Um, about a half an hour after that, my mother woke up, and my daughter called, and I was able to speak to my mother. And um, after the after that call, I, I um, prayed the chaplet of Divine Mercy, and I finished the chaplet, and my brother called and said my mother had passed away. So I used this opportunity to, to try to bring my, my brother back and said, Michael, how can you not believe when all these miracles just happened in one day? So, uh, and they were miracles, and my mother passed away very peacefully on the Feast of the Assumption. So pray to the Blessed Mother because she answers prayers. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful, Vicky. And uh, you know, um, God answered your prayers even more beautifully than uh, you didn't ask for specifically to be on the Feast of the Assumption. You didn't say, "Can the priest come and anoint her immediately before right. she dies? Right. <laughs> Can my daughter right. be with her? <laughs> Can this be right. assigned to my brother?" But yet, God provided all that and uh, and it was a beautiful experience and um, so so I, I I want you to know and you probably do know this already that your granddaughter who's the friend of mine um, really sees your care of, of your mother as just a, a phenomenal example for her in her life she considers you a saint for your <laughs> For how you cared for and loved your mother, despite the the kind of stresses uh, in the relationship along the way, and and your frustration, you're only human, of course, huh? um, and your mother's frustrations, she's human, of course, too, and yet uh, the that example of such 
beautiful, loving care of a family member, providing for her and not only her physical care, her emotional care and her spiritual care uh, through the years has had an impact on the generations of your family. And I can say that in my family, too. Um, My mother actually took care of her father and her mother and her aunt, um, Mm -hmm. my great aunt, Lodora, who lived to be 103, uh, my mother took care of them, a combination of in-home care and assisted living and and nursing home care. And so that example made a tremendous impact on me as well. So it's it's something that has had a a big impact in your family. And um, uh, I I think your story too, Vicki, illustrates so much of of what we've also focused on here on our program uh, with other guests. Uh, We had a a medical doctor, Dr. Marion Shuda, talking about so many of the same issues, the stress, the need of the caregiver to have support. And and your siblings responded to that. Everyone tried to... um, to chip in to make sure that some of that stress was relieved for you. So uh, the challenges, the blessings, the, um, the, the specific situation is really uh, powerful, Vicki. And I, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us today. Well, thank you for having me. And I consider it a blessing from God that I was able to spend that much time with my mom at the end of her life. And, um, we all have uh, regrets, and, and I think about regrets, and I should have done this, and I should have done that, but um, in, in the end, I, I did the best that I could. And um, and the Lord blessed it. I would, I would, I, and I would do it all over again. I would welcome it all over again if I could have my mom back with me for those years. <laughs> well, thank you, Vicki. And we know now uh, she's in a better place, obviously, isn't she? Absolutely. And, you know, in, in total joy. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much again, Vicki, for sharing your story. And uh, you have been listening to The Family Sanctuary on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn. And we have archives of our program at stgabrielradio.com under The Family Sanctuary. Uh, we're also streaming live on stgabrielradio.com. Our program is broadcast at four o'clock every Saturday and two o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com.